Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This premier independent fan experience podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and brings you honest and in-depth Montreal Canadiens discussion and entertainment. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudney are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 197. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvay. Joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good morning. And our special guest, our brother from another mother, Matt, Scotian Canadian. Welcome to the show, bud. What's going on, fellas? It's good to see you guys again. Thanks for having me. It's been way too long. Yeah, yeah. It's always a blast jumping on and chatting with you, fellas. Uh, It's too bad Treg couldn't make it today, but, uh, you know the the next best two are here so <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll uh we'll try and send you the selfies direct as opposed to okay perfect everything perfect. okay uh, thank you <laughs> so uh today's episode we're going to cover a little bit about the zero and five start because you know we kind of have to but there's uh there's a few things in there that people may find interesting so why don't we just kick it off with how the NHL tried to screw the Canadians out of a power play goal because Gallagher's part of Gallagher's butt was in the crease. So be yeah. a guess, Matt, you give her. I don't know, man. I, I couldn't believe they called that. Well, I shouldn't say that. I can believe they called that back just it's it had to do everything with the with the name plate on the back of the jersey there's nothing that convinced me can convince me otherwise and uh i mean i don't know i don't see where the credibility is there where the consistency is i mean it, it's it's one thing to argue about a chintzy bit of contact in the crease but when he his both feet are outside of the crease and freddie anderson did not fight for the space whatsoever there was minimal if you know no contact and anyway I I just can't believe it and I was fired up I was so angry and then I'm thinking to myself uh during intermission and I had the French feed so I couldn't see the interviews and I'm thinking god I really hope 
Gallagher sounds off. And I figured maybe that would happen post game. And, uh, but at the same time, I'm just so used to him being a pro's pro, just being that guy that doesn't make excuses, just says the right things. And, uh, but I was thinking, how, how can he not say something at this point? And sure enough, he ended up doing it. And what was it that he said? So he was talking to John Lou between periods on TSN and he said, uh, and I quote, nine out of 10 people can watch it and say it's a good goal. The problem is that one person is always there in Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Yeah, Yeah, he nailed it. Has there been a fine uh, yet? uh, No, no word on a fine yet, but I fully expect one. Yeah. Um, uh, however, when that came out and people started sharing that, that quote, what I noticed was there was a ton of Leaf fans bitching and moaning, saying, you know, calling him a whiner and whatnot and complaining that, oh, everyone thinks it's our fault or that we have, no, you're not connected to the, the office in Toronto. No one's saying that. I'm sure there's goals that the Leafs have scored over the last couple of years that they're scratching their heads over that make no sense why they would have been called back. Right. It's, it's the office that, that, uh, that war room is trash. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. uh, And we don't necessarily have to get into it, whether or not they favor the Leafs or not, or, and not us, but it doesn't really matter. But mind you the literally, I think it was the night before two nights before Michael Bunting scored the only goal for the Leafs against uh, who was it? They went to overtime against the Rangers and lost the Rangers. Yeah. So a bunting scored a goal. He literally, I don't know if you guys saw this. He kicked the goaltender Shesterkin into the net before the puck was in kicked his pad right in the, and the goal counted. I'm not sure if Rangers challenged it or not, but uh, I remember tweeting out, like if that's Gallagher that gets waved off without the, the coaches even having to challenge in the first place. I yeah. couldn't believe it. And then sure enough, a night or two later, we'll see what happens to Gallagher. It's unbelievable that the guy just, I don't get why Brendan has this reputation as a, a dirty player or a guy who's trying to hurt goalies or whatever. He just challenges the tough areas. He goes into the spaces. He works hard that no one else wants to go to. And he continues to go there. And I can see how it'd be frustrating for the oppose uh, for the opposition and I can see how uh, officials are constantly seeing him in the in that area, tangling up, causing shit. But at the same time, he's just there's never intent to injure. There's never he, he always makes an effort to avoid the goaltender in my eyes. And it's just this he doesn't get uh, he doesn't draw penalties if ever, despite getting his ass kicked every night, cross checked, thrown around. And then he's getting goals called back all the time. I, I don't understand it. Yeah, he's he's constantly having this issue. And then uh, they crack down on cross-checking. That's the big thing yeah. right now is a crackdown on cross-checking. If you come within two feet of someone with your stick even remotely parallel to the ground, it's a two-minute. Unless it's Brendan Gallagher's back, then you can break your stick on him and not worry. It is weird. Yeah. Right across his he- nose, too. Oh yeah. Bust his jaw. No problem. Who gives a shit, right? It's Brendan Gallagher. It's like, it's a, it's a, it's a double standard. It's just, and I agree. Why does he face that added scrutiny versus other players? He hasn't, he hasn't stepped out of line. He hasn't done a Tom Wilson level incident. Like it just doesn't make sense. 
I'm yeah. just happy that we had that TSN 5G view of Gallagher's ass in the crease so we can all see how close <laughs> that actually was. But I agree with Matt. Like Anderson didn't take that space. He was already set when the shot when the shot was taken. It's not like he was trying to go up in the blue paint to try to uh, to make himself bigger or anything to stop that shot. It was already going to go through anyway, and it's pretty controversial, and it really just kind of took the wind out of the Canadian sails and all we know what happened after that. Yeah. He was set for the shot. He would have made the save had it not been for the tip Yeah, and scoring. a That was the first, that was going to be the first power play goal for the Canadians all year. Yeah. And it would have been, it would have opened the scoring, giving them a lead for the first time since the first game of the season. You know, it just all these things. And then they call it back and you can tell on the bench, they all deflated. Oh yeah. And, and so did the arena. Yeah. But yeah. the team is so fragile. The psyche on the team right now is so fragile that that, that alone was enough to kind of slump the shoulders. And it, it, it took a lot of wind out of their sails in that game. Yeah. It was the last thing they needed and go figure that's what happens to a team in, in, in a slump of this magnitude. And, you know, we can argue back and forth about what the issues are coaching or defense or GM or whatever. Uh, but right now, above all, like you mentioned, Blaine, it's the psyche, the confidence, the, the it's a very fragile group and there are other issues, but right now that I think that is the main one um, above all, just everyone just seems snake bitten and uh, there's no confidence. It's hard to watch, especially after the, 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 the run and all the fun they had just a few months ago, you know? And you can tell uh, by looking at social media, <clears throat> the fans expectations were sky high for this season. They, they may not have been really saying it, but their reaction to what's going on right now kind of sells that expectation. They, they made the cup final and everyone seems to have that thing in the back of their head that they should do it again. And then you have this slow start and they just get even more angry. It's be over the top angry over a full yeah. five start. Yeah. Which by the way, only happened one other time in team history and they made the playoffs that year. Time to repeat history then. Just don't go on <laughs> six tonight against the, against the Red Wings. Otherwise. Oh my God. Yeah. And we haven't been, we haven't had that much success against them the last couple of years either. So yeah, we were completely crossed, winless we can... last year against them. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. We can <laughs> break that spell. Yeah. That's the hope. And another hope is they don't, they don't burn the city down if they lose because you know, my mom lives there and uh, <laughs> she doesn't want to move. So you burn her house. She's, she's pretty much done. Um, no, the um, I don't know. I agree. I agree that the leadership and the, the team's psyche is the biggest issue of the whole thing. And it's a short-term issue though. It, it can right. be, it can be. Yeah. Uh, Ducharme went on, on the record yesterday and I'm paraphrasing what he said, but basically you guys say whatever it is you want to say on the outside. We only care about what's being said here on the inside of the room. Essentially, you know, we, we only care about what we think, not what you think. And I think it's pretty early in a season for a coach to have to come out and say that. Like this is, it's only five games or 77 games left. And he's yeah. already building those walls to create an us versus them. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're and feeling the pressure. They are because the them yeah. isn't the other teams in the league. Them is the fans and the media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's a shame this is a team that always has to fight that, eh? It's like, God forbid we have a, a roster that can just be the better team on most nights, you know, and then not have to worry about the... It's been a while since we've had that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I want to get into what's missing, but uh, I just want to point out that despite everything that's going on this season, uh, the fans have not thrown in the towel or thrown any jerseys on the ice, unlike other teams. Yeah, yeah. It's just a disgrace to <clears throat> even to do it to a Leafs jersey. And we can make jokes, but, you know, that's a storied franchise too, you know, just a couple pegs down from us, obviously. But I don't know. I, I've never understood the whole throwing the jersey on the ice. I find it very disrespectful to all the players that have, you know, worn it in the past, despite whatever team, you, you know, you've been on. I mean, hockey players sacrifice so much of themselves to, to play the sport, to entertain us. So, um, and, and especially for, for the, I'm proud that our fan base isn't, you know, prone to do that on a whim, you know, especially in today's society when, uh, you know, everyone's looking for an attention and that's an easy way to kind of get it, you know? Yeah. And what kind of, what are you like, what message are you sending the team? Also, you know how expensive those damn things are? Yeah. Like how much yeah. money do you have to be throwing a $300 Jersey over the glass from seven rows out that guy, yeah. they got pictures of him from seven rows out. So oh anyone God. who's saying that there's no pitching in Toronto is wrong. Like that guy's got an arm. <laughs> yeah. Put him in the bullpen. <laughs> That's right. You got the, in the next Jays ace right there. Yeah. They could yeah. use some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give it to a kid who can't afford it. Seriously. I never had yeah. jersey growing up, you know, and, and the people nice burning jerseys them. and all that shit. Oh, that's like, even worse. What's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah, send it to Goodwill for God's sakes. Yeah. yeah. Now, Back to the uh, the season at hand. Um, if we look at the standings right now, it's still early in the year. You'll notice that the four NHL semifinalists are all at the bottom of their divisions with a combined record of four wins, 12 losses, and a tie. And the four current division leaders all lost in the first round of the 2021 playoffs. I mean, there's something to be said about getting proper rest and recovery and training in an off season. So, I'm going to put some of the blame, some, not all, on that shortened off season for the Canadians. But there is a lot more to why the Canadians are 0-5. We talked about the leadership and their psyche. But Matt, what else do you think it could be? Um, I love that you bring that up because it's it's a fair it's a fair point. You know, uh, the rest and recovery we had a especially in this. This uh, offseason, it was extremely short for the, the teams who went uh, the furthest. Now, Tampa doesn't seem to be <laughs> being affected by it too much. But, um, yeah, for me, the, the, the main issue is, is the way that the decor is constructed. And as much as I, you know, want to point blame somewhere, it's hard to when Shea Weber all of a sudden his career is, is over. I don't know if the, the playoff run can uh, contributed to that and made, uh, you know, that kind of process speed up and have him injured more than even Bergevin knew, you know? Uh, so it's hard to, it's hard to put point blame for it. And then Edmondson's uh, really unfortunate family situation. 
so, but to me, that's, that's, that's the big thing, but even past that, you know, even with Weber in the lineup in Edmonton too, there's the, the Canadians have a clear philosophy of who they want on their back end. And uh, it's, you know, it got us to a cup final. So what can you say, but there's not many Shea Weber's in the league anymore. Like, like essentially none, like he was a, he was kind of a, an outlier and a, a really, really good one. So it's going to be really hard to, to reconstruct a decor like that and have success, especially if you have a forward group that is loaded with shooters and lack playmakers, you know, there's Drewen and Suzuki who are, you know, main, main playmakers. The rest of the guys are, are finishers. So that means you need to have someone on your back end. Normally that'd be Petrie. And I don't know what's going on with him right now. It's just, it's a, she's a shell of his former self. Maybe the rest and recovery is, is a big part of that for him. Um, but so when, when your only guy that can really make a play from the back end is, is struggling mightily and, and, a, and a typical six defense defenseman and wideman looks better than him, uh, you're going to struggle, you know? So I, I'm not sure how soon the problems will rectify themselves until we get a legitimate, you know, 30 to 40 point producing defensemen added to this top four on the left side, you know, and they're hard to come by. Yeah, they are. Uh, that's been, that's been something I've been kind of banging the drum on for about three, four years. Well, since they yeah. started this, this, not this new reset <clears throat> uh, for Petrie, I think he's trying to do too much. He's got that. Yeah. He's a little, he's got that missing step. I agree, but I think he's trying to take on too much and, it's counter counterintuitive, but doing too much means he's not doing enough. You know, you know, it's just, it's, so he's taking on way too much for himself. Uh, and I agree this back end is poorly constructed to make the playoffs. I mean, the, the NHL, the way it's made now, you need defensemen who can get the puck up ice quickly, especially because like you mentioned, there's not a lot of playmakers up front. So who's going to feed the puck to these forwards who can shoot? And with the off- uh, with most offenses now, you need that fourth player coming in on the rush to, as a trailer to create that, that odd man situation. So the Canadians have Petrie, who can do that, Weidman to a limited extent, and they're hoping Romanov can get there. He's not there yet. Yeah. Kulak can at times, but he... Eh, eh. It's hit or Very miss. inconsistent. Yeah. But for the most part, this, this blue line is built to uh, bruise people and punish them if they come near the net. And the problem is they're letting too many people near the net. So it, it's, it's hurting them in the regular season, but in come playoff time when they can get away with all those extra chops and cross checks, they're fine, but they got to get there first. Yeah. And I'll, say uh weber um as much as he got credit for the shutdown defense and the and the and the and the shot uh and i'm a big you know fan of him uh, even i think i undervalued his his puck moving ability you know it, it wasn't something that you'd be you know in awe of but it was efficient and it was mistake free for the most part and there were even times and he could skate the puck up the ice and he often didn't get credit for that um, he really helps his forwards receive the puck in, you know, I- ideal situations where they still had a little time and space to, to move ahead. So they don't have that uh, reliability back there anymore. He was very, very good at picking out the highest percentage play. 
If he yeah. had an open passing lane, he took it. If he had a lane to carry it up ice, he took that. Uh, and, but if he didn't have either, he would do the easy chip and out, but he would chip it to areas where the forwards can get to for the most part. So, yeah. and he would always keep himself in the best defensive positioning. So if there's a, a turnover up at the opposite blue line, he was ready. It's, the, it's that, that chess level thinking when he was playing defense on the ice, that's what's missing. It, it, it was a, an extra level as compared to pretty much most other defensemen. Like he, he was a star in that type of thinking process. It's been a it's been a treat to watch him play the last few years in Montreal, to be honest, despite the regular seasons being up and down, but especially that playoff run, it was a treat. And it's a shame that I know kind of going off on a tangent here, but uh, it's a shit, you know, remember the year that I think Winnipeg made this the the Eastern Conference final. I think that's as far as they got might have even been the second round. And the, you know, the big story was how great of a leader Blake Wheeler was. Where was that for Shea Weber? You know, nowhere to be found. It's, it's just a shame. And he's one of the, the, the league's best defensemen in the last, you know, decade. It's a, you know, it, it is what it is, but it's a shame. Any other, any other Jersey he'd be wearing, he'd be praised up and down. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I think he's completely underestimated, underappreciated in the role that he has had, not just in think, Montreal, I think but in the, Nashville. I think the Canadians fan base definitely appreciate him, but outside, oh, yeah. The, yeah. outside, outside the league yeah. or outside the league, outside, outside the Canadians organization. He was just another defenseman. Unless you're, unless you talk. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you say that, man. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah. So the, uh, there's definitely a problem with a lack of puck movement from the, from the decor. Another thing I'm noticing is a lack of finish so far this season. I know we talked about, we talked about the, the psyche. We talked about the, the leadership, but I think the players are playing with their, they're playing on edge. They're, they're tight. Their grips are too tight on their stick and they don't have that finish. Like you look at the power play for, except for that one goal that was scored, they're getting some puck movement, but eh, the shots aren't quite there. And you look at Caulfield who's, who's on there and he's bringing them off posts or he's, he's flubbing the, the uh, pass reception. I think the players are overthinking, which ties into the psyche. What, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, yeah. And a lot of just trying to pick corners and fucking <laughs> fire in the puck, you know, yeah. firing wide at the glass. I, I, I couldn't, but like that San Jose game, I couldn't believe it, man. Like oh. so many pucks, just like not even close. And it kind of continued in the, the Carolina game as well. Um, but yeah, it's, these guys will figure it out over time. Um I'm I'm not too worried. Like it's I actually really like the forward group, and I know that down the middle takes a bit of a, you know, uh, you know, takes some criticism, but I don't mind it there either. I think it's manageable. You know, with, with you know Suzuki's having a bit of a hard time with the transition with Dano out, but uh, you know, even Jake Evans at uh, third line C, I think is fine for now as long as we can find a, a fourth line guy. But uh, yeah, it's definitely an issue that the shooting. Um, yeah, I'm curious to what uh, Matt what, what Matt thinks. I just think that it's just in in in, in a hole. Like the, the the team is just doing, they're just trying to. It seems like they're trying to do too much in roles that they. I'm not gonna say they shouldn't be in, but like we talked about uh, Petrie, 
And it just seems that they're putting him in every situation and they're trying to fill that void that's been left by Weber and by the void right now that his defensive partner, he doesn't have his defensive partner in Edmondson. So he's playing in every situation and he's not being put in positions where he's going to succeed. He's getting every face off and he's getting all the minutes. Same thing as a guy like Christian Dvorak, who has come in a new organization, um, new coaching, new everything. And right now he's averaging almost 20 minutes a game. And this is someone that they're expecting him to drive offense because they haven't touched his line since training camp. But then at the same time, well, every time that we need a defensive zone face off, you're going to be on the ice. And he's, and he's, and he, for, in my opinion, he's done well. He's over 55% in face offs. He's doing what he needs to do. And that's always been an issue with the Canadians. Um, when it comes to Caulfield, everyone came out this year and said, this is the favorite to win the Calder. So I'm wondering maybe if that's maybe on his shoulders a little bit, but he's getting his looks. However, the looks that he's getting are, self-driven it's not that he's getting the puck feed, fed to him in a situation where he's going to really be able to rip it into the net it's a second or third effort level from him that's leading to these or it's a surprise shot at the goaltender where he's going to ring it off the post um it's, it's it's frustrating because you really wanted to see these young guys take that next step especially a guy like Caulfield and so far it's just the like Blaine brought up just being able the ability to take a pass, and we've seen uh, we've seen a few players come back into this season and, and be able to take that next step and and show a little bit of drive. I've loved what I've seen from Drew so far, other than the last game, a few turnovers here and there, but Drew looked good, and I'm very happy for him. And I think the whole as a whole, I think the organization and the NHL, we've seen. Uh, players from uh, opposing teams come up to him, give him a tap on the uh, tap on the shin pads and everything and say, you know, welcome back. Um, I've liked what I've seen from a guy like Anderson. He's been driving to the net. He hasn't really uh, taken anything off. It's just a, a group as a whole. Like we've talked about leadership on the shows. We've talked about psyche. Now on this show, we've talked about defensive pairings. This is still mostly the team barring a few a few pieces you look at the offensive group that got you to the cup final and slowly these pieces are going to come back we're going to get Emerson back when he's everything's going to be good at home for him with his family situation with his father um carrie price eventually will come back and obviously that's a huge for me that's the psyche as in, in the team it's, it's not having that cornerstone player, not having that safety net behind you that you can take that extra step and maybe make the extra play that maybe you wouldn't usually do if you didn't have Carey Price in that because you know he's going to be back there to save for. So I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm staying optimistic. Mm-hmm. And you look at some of the fan base and you look at some of the, some of the fan bases of other teams that are kind of poking fun at the Canadians right now saying Ducharme should be fired or Bergevin should be fired, or it's time to make a trade or it's time to do this. It's five games into the year. And when it comes to Ducharme, they just gave him a new contract. He just went to the cup final. It's not going to happen. So I'm anyone listening right now thinking that that's going to happen. 
you know, unless they, you know, maybe go 2025, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. It's, uh, it's not going to happen right now. And uh, with the group that you have is the one you're going to die with right now. And that's just the way the just the way it's going to be. Now, with on price, I, I know Jake Allen's doing an, an admirable job in that he is the scores would be a lot higher against if it wasn't for him. Yeah. But I think a big, big difference that we're seeing right now in the play for Jake Allen versus uh, Carey Price is that puck handling ability. Yeah. When other teams do dump-ins, Price gets that puck and he can move it up ice like a, like a third defenseman. Yeah. He, he's elite in that, that aspect of his game. Whereas Jake Allen, he can handle the puck well, but he does not have that, that same ability. And that makes a difference, especially with a, a defense that lacks the mobility that the Canadians' defense has. Yeah, I was thinking this the other day um, when we talked about the Seattle expansion draft, and obviously Price was exposed so they could keep Allen. Just imagine if Allen would have went and then Price would have had to take this time off, which by all means he deserves it. But just imagine if he would have lost both of those goalies right off the right off the fly. Geez, the team would be on five right now. Right. So <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I think it would be you would you think it would be that much worse. Yeah, yeah I think instead of a five nothing loss, it'd be ten nothing losses. Right. So that's kind of what yeah. I was thinking. So I love everything you said there, Matt. It was something you you mentioned about uh about Caulfield and having to be the guy to put in that effort to it's not him getting the puck he's having to put in the effort to to make his own plays and I think that's kind of rings true for the the whole forward group you know even the power play goal the other night it was a broken play that was generated by the forwards only then there was a play from Dvorak to Drewen forwards only and then there was uh, I think um again all the plays I, I find it's just all forward driven because they're not you know, as much as our decor can't move the puck up the ice, they also struggle with being complimentary in the ozone as well. Yeah. You know, well, let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk quickly about the defense uh, um, on the power play. It seems that it doesn't matter if it's a four on three, a five on three. Everything seems to be driven back to Jeff Petrie, and it's either the shot on the net, like a slap shot somewhere around the center of the blue line, or it's he'll he'll skate around and he'll get a shot on net and. Petrie's got a good shot. I'll give him that. Yeah. However, when you've got, say, Hoffman on one side, or you've got Suzuki, who's got a very good shot himself, you've got Caulfield, et cetera, and you've got guys waiting and willing to shoot, puck's not going there. Yeah, and, and as much as, you know, I don't mind if Jeff Petrie shoots the puck, but at the same time, at least have it be a play. Don't just, like, yeah, hold it, it at the blue be, line yeah, and yeah. take a there's, there's Yeah, there's – there's a quality shot and then there's shooting just to shoot. Yeah. Right? But yeah. But when you've got, like you said, when these guys are open, you know, you gotta, you gotta pass it around a bit. You gotta get the penalty killers moving and it's just doesn't seem to be happening. And I, I, I want to hope that the coaching staff isn't, you know, on the bench saying, okay, guys feed Petrie. He's going to shoot yeah, yeah. the net <laughs> because that would be like, like yeah. I mean, I, I maybe, but I, I don't know. You'd yeah. swear to God that in their planning sessions, you, they still have Weber's name there. They just put a line through, put Petrie over top because it seems, it seems that way. Yeah. It, it seems like the whole plan is to get a one timer or a slap shot from the blue line. And 
this isn't 1993 anymore. You gotta, you gotta get puck movement. You gotta make them open up their, their box a little bit, and you gotta get some guys down at the at the goal line, right in front of the net. Yeah, just tuck a your lot. ass. Just tuck your ass in. Just tuck your ass out of the blue. Yeah, that's right. But um, <laughs> you're right, Matt. They've got they've Pass got the shooters galore. Like, take a risk, Jesus. Yeah. No. Do uh, you know the pass through a one scene. play? Like it's all it's all perimeter. Like, yeah. Now, now there was one play that I saw. I think it was against the San Jose Sharks, where they had Sherratt on the power play. Which, don't get me wrong, it should never happen. But he made a play where he took a shot and missed the net on purpose to create that that puck coming out from behind the net, and it it looked like it, it was pretty close to creating a, a chance, but there was no one there in front able to take advantage of that. It's stuff like that. If you're going to p- take shots from the blue line all the time, try different things like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's the, the, the power play overall has definitely been uninspiring. And what's crazy, it was points during the, the preseason where it looked good and they were moving the puck quick and they were yeah. keeping their feet moving and, and all that stuff. But yeah, right now it's, uh, it's frustrating. And then you watch other teams and it's like, my God, and they make it look easy. All of it. Well, some of the goals that have been scored so far against Montreal while they're on the penalty kill, I've kind of said, I hope somebody on the bench is taking notes that this is how you move the puck. This is how you get it to the shooters. This is how, you know, this is how you set up. This is how you get over the blue line, et cetera, right? There was one I saw. I was watching a game. It might have been Boston or something. And literally, it was like a tic-tac-toe play of seam passes through traffic. And it was like try that yeah (laughs) my god they're not even trying it's not like they're throwing passes through the middle of the ice and they're getting picked off they're just not trying yeah because what's the worst that could happen it'll go off a foot maybe go on net you know like yeah do it um but i think part of the reason their power play isn't quite isn't clicking correctly is they're they're playing it safe they're not uh most other teams take their five best assets offensively and put them on the ice. Do that. Take five forwards for God's sakes. Throw them out there. It's Drouin, Suzuki, Dvorak, uh, uh, you, Caulfield, Hoffman. Throw them all yeah. out there. Give it a try. You you, you yeah. might you might be surprised by how well they can move the puck and maybe get some shots on net. Yeah, but, but you know that's not going to happen. They're always going to have at least one defenseman back there, and. I'm not going to say anything bad about Weidman. He's, you know, he's picked up one. He's been okay. Right? He's been yeah. okay. He hasn't been incredible, especially defensively, but um, is what it is. They're always going to have at least one defenseman on there. And if and if he wasn't there, it'd be Romanov. And if it wasn't Romanov, it'd be Kulak, et cetera, right? Yeah. And you could start going down the line. Like, it would it would get to the point where, you know, David Savard would be out there eventually, right? It's just, it's how they go. They're not going to ever get away from that um at least four forwards and a defenseman there's also a trickle down effect when you have a power play that is putrid yeah. you you don't give any incentive to the other team to not overplay you or be overly aggressive oh they so, just need to, they just need to stand there because they know so they're uh, not yeah. they're not going to move so no. why should they move no but i mean at the 5 on 5 when they're playing 5 on 5 you got 
the other team is going to take liberties to, oh, 100%. to check you and take you out of the play or uh, do things to take it, it, create little advantages along, along the boards, which could lead to penalties, but they don't care if they take a penalty because your the, power play sucks. Yes, it's going to be a momentum killer anyway. Which also <clears throat> trickles down to when they're doing that, the Canadians have to step their game up, but they can't right now because they're, they're so fragile yeah. that they start taking undisciplined penalties which leads to their penalty kill coming on the ice, which right now is absolute garbage. It is. It's awful. (laughs) So it's just a, it's just a comedy of errors. It's burying them. Yeah. Well, right now you're looking, they're missing two of their best penalty killers in Weber and uh, in Weber and uh, Edmondson. And um, I, I found that last year Edmondson really, it really allowed Jeff Petrie's game to go to the next level. We knew Jeff Petrie was a good defenseman. But then he was paired with somebody that didn't need to didn't need to be flashy. He just played his own game. And hell, you can even say the same thing about Ben Sherratt. Sherratt was a better defenseman when he was with Shea Weber. And there's a lot of people out there that hate Ben Sherratt. But during during playoff runs, he's been he's been solid defensively when he when he's needed to be. Now the Canadians tonight, we're recording. It's the 23rd of October. It's the morning. We have not seen uh, the pregame skate or the lines. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the question, Matt, because you're our guest. Do you expect any lineup changes for tonight's game against the Detroit Red Wings? I don't think so. I mean, I'd like to see Jake Evans back with Gallagher and, um, Tapoli, I think that's where he who, who he was with last. But uh, yeah, and it's kind of a mystery where Cole is fitting now in this forward group. It's a shame because he is, you know, our, one of our most dynamic offensive players. But they they made a few changes there for the last one, <clears throat> uh, and they made the changes on defense, which were refreshing. They actually had puck movers. They had they balanced it out. It was shut down D with guys who could actually skate. So hopefully that stays the same. They had Savard and Romanov and Kulak and Petrie, right? And then what was the other one? Sherratt and, uh, and Weidman. Weidman. Yeah. yeah. So the I like that. Sherratt sk- skated with Petrie yesterday. Oh, okay. Well, maybe. Yeah, yeah that's right. I did see that. So and then maybe Sammy, Niku, that Sammy Niku is in as well. He looks like he's likely going to be in. Is he replacing oh, Weidman? Because if he yes, is, that's what it looks like. Yeah, I don't see how that changes the dynamic of this blue line at all. I'm not sure either. I think they're just trying to get a fresh leg in. If that's the case, yeah, I agree. I, I, I mean, I, defensively, there's been some mishaps, but you're going to have that with Niku as well. And Weidman, yeah. I thought, has been one of our only guys, you know, moving the puck around well on the power play. So it'd be a shame to see him him out of the lineup. I mean, he was the one who. Uh, scored the goal with Gallagher there that got called back. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what to expect with these lineups, but I just hope we see a, a better, better effort tonight, you know, more urgency to get to the net, you know, that's been an issue too. And uh, you know, the guys having fun out there, you know, and communicating a bit more, they, they were doing a lot of communicating early in the season. And then when your head gets out of the game, you kind of just go into your shell. Yep. like to see them, you know, chatting a bit more on the bench and hearing them yell out on the ice and whatnot. So yeah, it's mostly slumped heads on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Every time we get it, it doesn't matter how the game's going. It's just, there's no conversation. There's no, 
uh, as you said, there's nothing from the bench. There's no cheering. There's no anything. It's just, I go out and do my shift. I sit down. Okay. I'm going to go out and do my shift again. And that's it. Yeah. And if it doesn't go our way, um, get the frustration out on the ice. Don't bitch to the media afterwards. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give them any more ammunition essentially yeah. is what you need yeah. to do. But yeah. uh, I don't know. They, they, it's a Saturday night in Montreal you know, the home crowd should be, uh, should be pretty, they'll be on edge. And if you can yeah. get something early in the game, a big hit, like an Anderson breakaway, something, get them in there and then just, you win a shift. I think what this comes down to is the Canadians need to come out with a strong shift to start the game and then build from there. Gain confidence in these little victories. You don't win the, you don't win the game in the first five minutes. So Build up your confidence. You can lose it in the first five minutes. Uh Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's just these little things to, if you can get the crowd in early and get them, get them chanting or singing or dancing anything, but that pin drop Toronto sound, you know, it's just, you don't want to sound like you're at the ACC where there's no sound at all. You want the fans. We might, uh, (laughs) We might actually have a chance tonight. No Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens when you, uh, when you put yourself above the team, you can't, can't be in all yeah. the games. Yeah, exactly. And he's always been a pain in our, our side. I was hoping we'd actually land him, but Detroit did the right thing and got him locked up. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> They're overpaying him for the 40 games he's going to play. Yeah, seriously. My God, man. Now, um, it's not like Detroit's not as is missing too much. I mean, they got Maurice Sider, they've got Dylan Larkin. So uh Nadelkovic and Net, they've got a decent team. They're definitely better than they were the, the two years ago when the Canadians were 0-4 against them. So it's not like it's gonna be an easy game. No, but no. this is a definitely one of those games that they had circled on their calendar before the season saying, We have to win these. So, but I'm sure the game against Buffalo is probably the same thing. They're probably well, like, we need points here. We need yeah. points here. And they get blown out. Yeah. So, but if they can pull off a win tonight, huh? well, it's just, it's just going to, it's going to give the fan base something to cheer about. It's going to give us something positive to talk about. It's, 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 it's going to, it's just going to be, and, and, and it's certain players that I like to see get going. Like we saw the kind of the relief in the eyes of Toffoli the other night when he scored that goal. Um, I think if, yeah. if uh, you see a guy like Anderson pot one or Dvorak pot one, especially a guy like Caulfield, if he puts his first, and then it's just like off the bat or Suzuki, even you come off of signing a big contract like that. You've got those people that are saying, well, look how much we're paying you going into next year. And what have you done for me so far? Well, Toffoli's a, uh, he's a streaky goal scorer. So uh, do you guys expect a big game from him tonight? Toffoli? Yeah. 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 I mean, he, he, he started the season really, uh, you know, he's chasing the game, just really struggling, but so, so is everyone else. So yeah, I'm hoping to see a big game from everybody. I mean, I'm sick and tired of getting embarrassed on hockey night in Canada. It's happened way too much the last couple of years. So let's have a, let's have a good night here and allow this team to put the slump in the rear view and just focus on the right things moving forward. 
Well, the good news on that is at least we know that all the highlights and the talk and the intermissions is going to be about Toronto and not Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. Traditionally could ten, speaking. Could, could be 10 nothing Montreal and it would still be like, so Toronto's in a nothing, nothing tie right now. And uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll hear a lot about Zach Hyman tonight. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. loving what's going on there. That's right. Yeah. Nothing against it. He's playing great right now. <laughs> he is. Yeah. That's the thing. He is. Yeah. <laughs> It's a shame they didn't have the money to keep them. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But with the Canadians and tonight's lineup, I'm really hoping to see on Suzuki's line, because I know that the Dvorak line is doing well. They played well pretty much every game. They've had, they've had some shifts where they've been missing, but for the most part, that's been the best line. With Suzuki's line tonight, what I want to see is more support with Suzuki. You notice he's always up ice and he's by himself, completely alone. It's just him and yeah. four defenders. I'd like yeah. to see a little bit more support where the winger is up up ice with him. If they can get that, then we'll, we'll start seeing Suzuki getting more opportunity to create because it's, it's hard to create offense when you're by yourself. Yeah, I was I was thinking uh, last night maybe you know they haven't split up Dvorak, Drewen, and, and Anderson, and I I don't think you should split split up Dvorak and Drewen. I think those two players, like if once they gain enough chemistry, they can be a, a a very solid duo together. But Josh Anderson isn't necessarily a player who's gonna you know support you a whole lot on the cycle. Like he's got a very specific set of tools. Like he's very fast. He can forecheck hard and he can shoot. And, you know, that might actually benefit Caulfield and Suzuki a bit more than, uh, you know, Armia does or Toffoli or what have you. We saw it during the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. We saw it during the playoffs. It gave them some space. Yeah, exactly. And that might be good for a couple smaller guys like Caulfield and, and Suzuki. And I'm sure you can find someone who can efficiently play with Dvorak and Drew. And there's, there's plenty to you choose You can put from. Gallagher in there. Um, you got a guy that's defensive. Yeah, exactly. Right. And he so, can do that, that work down low as well. So yeah, uh, yeah. but um, yeah, hoping for a good one tonight. And uh, I, I also just want to touch on something else Matt said uh, quite a bit earlier, the coaching stuff and the, and the you know, firing of, of, staff at this point i agree again like it's just not going to happen you mentioned it the um the the contract of of dom has just started and i personally believe like there's not you know the flaws are with the roster and as much as i want to blame bergevin there's things that have happened that are out of his control and he's in the last year of his deal so why rush you know, getting rid of him now and starting that process of finding someone else in the middle of a season. So I, again, I don't think, I think Bergevin's here to stay for the year and uh, Dom as well. So um, the, 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 the answer has to be within the room, whether it is in the room is, you know, yet to be seen, but um, hopefully they take that step forward tonight. Yeah. Well, this is a time that somebody in the lineup and uh, we've talked about leadership multiple times throughout the season. And this is a time where, new these new leaders need to emerge whether it's whether it's uh gallagher like we already know the leadership that gallagher has and he's a guy that uh a lot of people thought or were thinking he's probably going to be the next captain of this team um but it's going to take more than just gallagher to 
to do that rough play or to score the big goal or to throw a hit or anything like that to get this team going. There needs to be more within this group. And if it's just a guy on each line, whatever it takes, someone's going to have to do something. And it can't just be, oh, we didn't score the power play. Let's slump our heads and lose five, nothing. Right. And Gallagher's style is raw, raw, follow me. Look what I'm doing type of, he's that type of leader from the, from the pointy end of the sphere, but there needs to be other types of leadership step up. You need, you need people in the room who are going to stay, who are going to step up and say something. And it's people that normally don't say much. You know, it's when you get that, that voice that rarely gets used in a room, but says something important. That's the kind of leadership they're missing right now. So someone's going to step in. I mean, I know they've given Suzuki an A and they're, they're grooming him because he is the future one C of the franchise. They want him to be the face of the Canadians for years to come. So he's going to have to learn. He's not there yet, but he's learning. Um, I I don't, I know you covered a little bit. Could be one of those guys. Yes. That'd be hard for a new guy, you know, (laughs) eventually he can take that role. But as a new guy, that'd be pretty difficult. Yeah. But he's a veteran and he's, he's the guys know who he is. They've played it. Some uh, they played against him in junior or the NHL. So yeah, maybe. Um, Now I know you covered a little bit of this on one of your, uh, one of your videos, I think just last night's or the night before, but after the Carolina loss, the hurricanes decided to post did the Habs lose.com as a joke. (laughs) Yeah. Now, what real and the joke got turned on them because a Canadians fan, I'm assuming it's a Canadians fan, went and bought that domain name and then posted and is using it to post stuff about the hurricane, saying the hurricanes suck, just spreading the truth to a bunch of it's copyrighted, but you get it, and mocking their 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 sponsors and just making fun of everything that they're doing on social media. So I think that's kind of fun. You you want to play that uh, that jerk game on social media? Well, someone just one upped you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, go figure. Don Terry had to run his mouth a couple of years ago, and this is the, the the result we get is the Carolina Hurricanes trolling for the next three years. But yeah. uh, you know, they've they've got one up on us now for sure. Uh, it's oh, unfortunate, yeah. but um you know, but yeah, I, that was kind of weird, eh? Like, I'm not sure why they didn't buy that domain for you know at least a week following well, the game you know they'd let it <laughs> they spent that 20 bucks on uh on cock to him yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah it's a pretty desperate franchise eh? i mean they're doing whatever they can do to to uh get fans but i guess that's what you got to do in, in today's society that that troll marketing crap which is pretty sad when you think of, you take out all that that bullshit that they're posting online the team itself is a good team yeah so no one's talking about they... that. No one's talking about them as a team, though. No, that's the problem. They're a good right? hockey team. So they do. They are. They've got some great young players. However, it's the bullshit, and and it, for me, it kind of deters me from wanting to watch them play because I'm like, I I don't want to support a franchise that does that kind of shit. Yeah, and then that's you look how, at that's how I see it. But then you contrast that to the Canadian social media, which is. Uh, 50 shades of beige yeah yeah 
you, you can show a little like there's a, there's a happy medium here yeah show some social some personality but don't be an ass about it yeah for me it's kind of like the when the canadians post some stuff yeah. they're like oh we just got our asses handed to us and then they're like oh here's a conversation about our favorite things or whatever it's like why the hell are you posted this now <laughs> right yeah <laughs> right? uh, i know uh all right so let's let's play the prediction game the we'll start with uh with smitty here what do you expect tonight's game gonna end up as canadians are gonna get their first win of the year Ooh, bold prediction somehow okay. somehow they're gonna grind one out <laughs> Honestly, I'm hoping I'm I'm hoping for one of those big blowout offensive games. Don't really expect it, but uh, I'm thinking uh, thinking a close one. I'll go with three uh, one for the Canadians tonight. Maybe an empty netter. What you, Matt? Um, <clears throat> I'm a bit of a weirdo. I'm a bit of a superstitious. I don't do predictions, but I'll tell you a little okay. story. I uh, the one and only time I use my Budweiser goal light cup thing was the game we smashed Detroit like 10-1 or whatever. And I'm sitting there the whole game trying to sync it with the the timing. And the thing kept going off. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, there's no way we scored another one. Boom, there's the goal. I was like, what? So maybe I should use that tonight. <laughs> why fans, listening, using... yeah, fans listening are like, why haven't you just only used that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this, so yeah. this four-goal four in five games is your fault, is what you're telling us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no Budweiser light. Oh my god! Did did you have to drink Budweiser to get that? I don't know. I think someone gave it to me actually. Um, oh good. And I just I went to use it, the app on the phone and the thing, and I was like, you can you can like delay it and set the timing of it, and it kept going off, and I'm like, what is going on with this? Like why? And uh, yeah, they just kept, it was like it was like a ten one game or something like that. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> as long as you didn't have to drink Budweiser to get it, I think that's that's fine. Yeah, no, no, oh definitely God. pass on that shit. <laughs> Stick to the Keats, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I think that pretty much does it for the show. Uh, any final? What's your thoughts? prediction, Blaine? Mine? Yeah. Oh, I'm going. Screw it, I'm going all in. They're going to win, and it's going to be three to one. Gallagher is going to have a, a another goal disallowed. He's going to be cross-checked in the Ooh, back and fall into the goalie as he's scoring, and they call it back for interference. But the, uh, the team comes back and scores one on the very next shift anyway, and Gallagher will be on the bench screaming at the ref after the goal scored. That, really that's my prediction. Um, all right. So any final thoughts, Matt Smith? Uh, just quick. The, um, Canadian Olympic team has to start throwing their, uh, their forwards and their, and their, and their defense and their goalies and everything together for, um, their 55 uh, NHL players who could make the roster. Uh, Carey Price was named to it. Um, the other goalies being Jordan Bennington, Darcy Kemper, Mackenzie Blackwood, Carter Hart, Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, and they gave um, they gave uh, Carey Price an exemption because usually you only have five goalies that are named. But um, 
the Olympic Committee, I guess, they gave him an exemption just because of what he's going through right now with the uh, NHL Player Assistance Program. So um, he's one of the uh, he's one of the group. I'd love to see him back on Team Canada for one more run, but with what's going on, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But might be the year uh, the uh, might be the year that Mark Andre Fleury finally gets the the opportunity. I think he deserves to to be the guy. It could be, yeah, yeah. I still think Price will make the like if he's if he's back. Yeah, I, th- I think he's one of the three. Well, one hundred percent. Yeah, but uh, we'll see, and we'll see how Flurry's doing in Chicago because right now it's not really working out. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's his fault. Um, <laughs> for my final thought, uh, I think sticking with predictions, um, this is going to be a transition year for the Canadians. We we did we didn't expect world beaters or anything, but Personally, I am watching this season and not really upset. I mean, if they make the playoffs, that's great. They have a team that could do something in the first, maybe even a second round. But if they miss and they get a lottery pick, this is a very good draft year. It is. They're hosting. So you get that high pick. I think that'll improve the team in the long run. So for me, I think it's a good time to have a transition year. So. That that's my final thought on this show, Matt. What's yours? Would have, I would have loved to see the transition year be next year, and uh, <laughs> the Canadians have an opportunity to draft Mr. Connor Bedard. But uh, that's for another day. Um, yeah, no, uh, you know it's it's been tough. Zero and five. My last video was extremely negative and over the top and uncensored, and uh, I you loved know, it. Not. Yeah, very pessimistic. And that's not me. It was actually really hard to, to be in that state. But I feel like, you know, I kind of had to represent the, the feelings of a lot of the fan base right now. But there is part of me that, you know, knows that this team will turn it around for the most part. Um, it's going to be hard, though, to, to make the playoffs at this point, digging a hole this early. Um, and, you know, there's a lot in hindsight after recording that you know, I, I, I felt a little bad because, you know, the team's been through a lot starting the season, you know, with what's going on with Carrie, what's going on with Joel right now, you know, and that puts a lot of pressure on the guys still in the room. And it kind of, you know, I don't want to put blame on the guys that are out for good reason, you know? So um, yeah, I, I definitely think this is going to be a transition year and it might be a good opportunity, you know, with Ben Sherratt one year left on his contract to restructure this defense and hopefully maybe a Jordan Harris can come in next year or, or you know, Norlinder or maybe Gooley um, and, and kind of change the face of the, of the decor because the forward group's kind of set for the, for the long term. And the other thing, it might be a good opportunity to allow the kids on this team, the younger kids, to make mistakes and not punish them for it. Just let them go out there and be confident and try things things and get comfortable with the time and space they have in the NHL we haven't really you know as much as I love the you know compete while you're building philosophy to you know promote that winning culture and not promote you know the acceptance of losing you know it's it's hard to you know it's hard to allow guys to develop in the NHL and the NHL is not a development league but there are have been teams who've used it to develop their players and it's worked out for them. So um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it could, it'll, it'll all work out in the end. I'm, I'm quite confident in that. And I'm still quite confident in the, in the, the mid and long-term uh, future for this team. From your lips to God's ears. Um, so for our listeners, Matt, 
can you tell them where they can find you and even maybe buy some of your merchandise? Yeah, so I uh, I'm on you know the the normal socials right, uh, but YouTube's where I where I put all my work and that's where all the, the my effort goes into. You know I, I troll a bit on Twitter. That's you know Twitter is a bit of a joke, so I kind of you know make a joke of myself on there too. So um, yeah, YouTube is where it's at, Scotian Canadian. And if you want a shirt, feel free to message me. I got plenty sitting over here in the office. So <laughs> perfect. Um... So I want to thank you for coming on the show. We, we love having you on here, fellow Haligonian. We need to, you know, support each other. Uh, I think, yeah, oh, I yeah. think far too many uh, podcasters or, or content creators think it's a competition when it really isn't. We're just a community. We're helping each other out. We're sharing each other's ideas and work. I think, I think we're better off when we, we do that. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of our, uh, a good portion of our, of our viewers and listeners, I feel are um, the same, you know, Yeah, maybe some aren't, but there's a good portion of them that are the same. And I think they enjoy when we collaborate like this and it's been a blast to chat with you guys again. And I'm, I'm hoping that I can get you guys in the studio here. So at some point, Matt, if you're back in Nova Scotia and we can get all three of you in here at the same time, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Christmas. Right. Yeah. Maybe Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe after sweet. we uh, we all head over to Bubba Ray's, have a few uh, wets. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So again, thank you so much for coming on, Matt. I appreciate uh, you taking the time out of your day to come uh, shoot the breeze with us. And uh, for our listeners, I want to thank you for listening. And remember, when you were talking about it, so are we. Abs Unfiltered has special sponsors. Uh, go to seatgiant.ca to save 35% on all your fees when purchasing tickets to NHL, CFL, Major League Baseball, concerts, whatever event Seat Giant sells. Use the code UNFILTERED20, save 35% on your fees. Go to builtbar.ca and save 10% using the code UNFILTERED20 on your purchases online. Go to East Coast Lifestyle. And use the code UNFILTERED20 to save 20% off your purchase of any clothing at East Coast Lifestyle. Also, Lift Life. Go to liftlife.ca and use the code HABS10 to save 10%. And for a special promo until Christmas, HABS Unfiltered will be selling t-shirts in conjunction with 514 shirts. If you purchase one of our shirts, the entire profit for the sale goes to Vets Canada. Vets Canada does work to end veterans homelessness across Canada. So let's help a great cause and wear a great shirt.
do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. 